Hallelujah. Oh, I said hallelujah. Amen. Okay. Job chapter number 38. I'm not going to belabor this point. So I'm just going to start from 12. Because we have read from 1 already, isn't it? All right. From 12, it says, let's read it together. Ready, go. Have you ever commanded the morning to appear and caused the dawn to rise in the east? Next one. Have you made daylight spread to the ends of the earth? And to bring to the end, to an end, the night's wickedness. Hallelujah. And I said to you that in the morning, in the morning is the beginning of everything, isn't it? The morning of your marriage, the morning of your life is when you are born, when you are in school. is the morning of your life. Then you have the afternoon of your life, which is the mainstay of your life. Then you have the evening of your life. But from this scripture, he says that, have you commanded the morning? And he didn't stop there. This is the conversation Job had with God, or God had with Job. And Job was lamenting about what had happened to him, how things have gone so wrong and everything. And God started by saying that, have you commanded the morning? And then he did not stop there. He went on to say that, have you commanded the day? Which means that it is not just the morning that you need to command, but you also need to command the day. Hallelujah. The day is when you are in full flight, when everything has happened, everything is happening around you, and you know things look, look bleak and everything. He says that you can command the day to change. Amen. I say, he said you can command the day to change and Snatch, he said that cover the, the darkness is snatched from wicked, the wicked. You can let the, the, the wicked night be stayed away. Because it's supposed to be day, but the night has appeared. Amen. It's supposed to be day, but the night has appeared. How many have lived a midnight crisis moment in, during the day before? Give me a wave. Oh, then the rest of you haven't. Okay. Uh, I don't know. Today, if you are looking for a title for what I want us to talk about, it's still commanding your money, but I want us to talk about the power of the words we say. The power of the words we say and speak. Hallelujah. How many know that words have power? You know, they say prayer, there is power in prayer. I believe there is so much power in prayer. But I want you to understand that you can negate every prayer you pray by saying things which are contrary to the prayer you've made. Could it be the reason why many Christians, we pray but we never receive an answer to the prayers we have prayed? Because we, are, we naturally speak negative. Hallelujah. And in Mark chapter 11 verse 23... Jesus said something. The last statement in Mark chapter 11 verse 30, uh, 23 is that you shall have whatever you say. He didn't say you shall have. The, go to the end. the end. The last statement is what I'm looking for in Mark eleven twenty-three. 23. He said that he will have whatever or whatsoever he says. Which means that if he says good, he will have good. 
If he says bad, he will have what? Bad. He, Jesus didn't say that he will have every good thing he says. He says he will have whatever he says. So it means that whatever we say is very vital as Christians. And how many know that we are, what you say is born out of what you think? The Bible says that out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. So you're, you are a slave to your voice or your mouth. Your tongue is a slave to your thoughts. I'm trying to develop a point here. I, I hope you are following. It is what you think that comes out from your mouth. So your tongue is a slave to your thinking. Is that a, a, a point you all understand? And you see, the way we think is also a product of our upbringing. So you see that one child, for instance, is brought up to believe that they can go to the moon. They can become anything they want, they put their minds to. They are not, they, 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 can, they can control the world. They can do whatever. They are, they are smart. They, are, they can do anything. Then another child is brought up. As soon as he tries to do something, keep quiet. Sit, sit, sit. Then they start, to, they start to hit the child. When the child tries to, you know, uh, break the toy to see how the toy was made so that he can put the toy back. And they say, stop it, stop it. Don't spoil the toy. Don't spoil the toy. How many know what I'm talking about? So, it, it, it's, it is something that restricts the child's development. For instance, uh, when you go to a certain nursery, they call it the Montessori nursery. How many have heard of that before? The Montessori nursery is a nursery where they allow the child's mind to explore. Rather than the regular nursery. The regular nursery is where they teach them one plus one is two, two plus two is four, A, B, C, and all that. But the Montessori nursery is they allow the child to go outside the box. Am I making sense? So the child explores beyond the confines of formal education. Are you with me? And if the child is fortunate enough to attend a certain primary school or secondary school that is is not theory-based, but it's practical in its outlook. Uh, I don't know whether I'm, say, I'm saying something. It's, it's practical in its outlook. The child is, is a practical child, not a theoretical child. May I submit that most third world countries, including Africa and the Caribbeans, have been taught theory. theory. So all our academics or all our mindset is based on theory. And theory is somebody's thinking. Are you with me? What is taught in this part of the world is develop your own thinking and come up with something that will become a theory for everybody. Does that make sense? So you see that just by our upbringing alone, you see that some people invent things. Some people make things. And then you have other people who use things. Spoil things. Don't make anything. And they think that they cannot aspire to be anything more than this or that, whatever they've been taught. I'm not making sense. So you see, such a child 
is a slave to their mindset, which is a slave to their upbringing. So they are brought up to think that you only use, you can't do this, you are not like clever enough to do this, you can't do this, you can't do this. So are, my thinking is, I can't do this, I'm only this, I'm only that, I'm only that. And eventually it comes out in their dialogues. I can only do this, I can't do this, I can't do this, I can't do this, I can't do this. Can. Are, are you with me? And Jesus is saying that you have whatever you say. So you see, it doesn't matter how much you are praying. This becomes something that contains you. It's like a curse. Am I making sense? It contains your thinking, which contains your speech. And therefore, you become a slave to that. Hallelujah. You see, if we read the scripture, when we read it last week, 1 Samuel 42 onwards, when David encountered the giant, the Philistine giant, Goliath, you will see that before the battle actually started, there was exchanges of words. Because the actual battle starts with words. It doesn't start with physical uh, confrontation. Are, are you with me? The Old Testament is a, is a shadow of the new. So you must understand that what is happening between David and Goliath is what happens in your life. It is what happens in my life. It's what will happen in every, anybody's life. Now let's read on. It says, First Samuel 17, 42, says that, and the Philistine looked and saw David. He disdained him for he was only a youth, ruddy and good looking. Amen. So the, the, this man, the, the giant, started the, the, the battle by disdaining him. The word to disdain is to ridicule, to make you small. Are you with me? It's to make you small. What Satan has managed to do to most of us, or to most of us, is that he's made us small. He has managed to weaken our faith. That is how come we see Satan even bigger than God. For instance, you go to a church, all they are doing is uh, fighting Satan. So that you hardly hear what God's name. You hear more of Satan's name than God's name. Because we make Satan so big. All our problems are bigger than God. How many know what I'm talking about? All our problems are big. And Satan this, and Satan this, and Satan this, where Satan this. You see this, this fasting season. Everybody's fasting and praying. Satan, 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 Satan. It's like, it's almost as if we are, we are magnifying Satan. In, in the same way, Satan is disdaining us. He's looking down on us. He says, and the Philistine disdained him. This is the warfare is about to start. The Philistine said, ah! You are going to bring me somebody to fight. You go and bring this cockroach. <laughs> so the Philistine said, can you see? The Philistine did what? He said, am I a dog that you come to me with sticks and stones? And the Philistines cursed David. Hallelujah. It started by words. Most of us, our problems started by words, somebody said. Hallelujah. Oh, how many times have I not counseled people 
and sometimes you go can take you can go back and you hear i mean this is like a full grown person done all the college degrees masters and phd and all that but then they are in a certain uh, fix in their lives and as you are chatting you realize that something that was said by a mother or a father or a teacher or an uncle has affected them up to this point how many know what i'm talking talking about you know like say also you will not amount to anything also you are not pretty also you are not beautiful look at your legs look at your face look at your head look at this and all those things they, they form a certain image in you to make you think that i'm not pretty enough i'm not good enough i cannot be this so when you may be married but when somebody begins to tell oh you are very pretty oh you are very nice i like your hair i like your voice then all of a sudden you are entertaining that conversation which leads to adultery but it started way back when you were a child because all they told you was you are not you are not good enough you are not nice enough you are not pretty enough so when somebody was telling you something that is opposite or contrary to what you've heard all this while you see yourself gravitating towards that because it's like, stop it, I like it. Stop it, I like it. <laughs> How many know what I'm, understand what I'm trying to say? And, and that can affect you. Even in your, because it's like the thing that was said to you, it imprints something in your mind. And I'm also saying to you that the things you say also imprint something in your, in your life. It's not just what was said against you or about you, but what you also say. Because it's not what they call you that you respond to. It's not, if somebody can call you a fool, if you don't respond to it, you are not a fool. But when they call you and respond to it, then you become it. Hello? Are, are you understanding what I'm saying? So, let's read on. So, you, you look at this. If David had also not said anything, the battle would have been won. By the Philistine. Amen. For most of us, it is said and we never respond. How many understand what I'm trying to say? What was said or what is said to you, you never respond. I saw you, you won't marry you. <laughs> no. The Philistines said, come, I'll give, your, your, I'll give your flesh to the birds of the air and to the beasts of the field. Then David said to the Philistines, you two come. And I will, you come to me with a sword and a spear and with a javelin. But I come to you in the name of the Lord God of hosts. The armies of who, whose armies you have defiled. Are you with me? He also said something. That there is power in what you say. It is more powerful than even the prayer you pray. I said the things you say is even more powerful than the prayers you pray. Because what you say is what you believe. Are you understanding what I'm saying? What you say really is what you believe. You see, what you say casually... It is really your belief. Sometimes what you are praying, you don't really believe what you are praying. 
How many understand what I'm saying? Sometimes the prayer you're praying, you don't believe it. But what you are saying is what you believe. It doesn't matter how many times somebody says you are pretty. Because from a childhood up to this point, you've been told that you are not beautiful. You open your mouth and say, ask for me, I'm not very pretty. Power of words. I say the power of words. Words are very powerful. Whether it's said casually or not. I'll give you an example. I'll give you an example. When, when I was growing up, I, had a, I have a brother who is about 18 months older than me. And he's very sharp, very clever. Always first or second in the class. If I went in second, he would cry. He would cry the whole day that he came second. And I was very playful. So, I mean, I won't even sit down to finish the test because I'm, I'm in a hurry to go and play. So, obviously, I was always not doing well. I mean, a class of 32, my, I start from either 18, if you want to check my name, from 18 downwards, I'm one of those places. So, they used to tell me at home, my mother and my father would say, as for you, you are not clever. As for you, you, you won't amount to any. Look at your brother. You, have, have you ever been, am I the only one who was... Like, look at your brother. Your brother is so clever. As for you, it's just play, play, play. That's all you do. You, you are not clever. You, and because I, I was told I wasn't clever, I decided, well, there's no point. I mean, I'm talking about I was only about eight, nine. There was no point in, in, in striving to learn. So it's like, let's forget. Let's go play. So that's all I did until I got to my Last year in primary school, and I encountered this teacher, Lennox, and I, I'll never forget him. And then he said to me, you are not daft. You are not rubbish. You are just too playful. playful. Because when you sit down, you can do it. He taught me for only three months. And I wrote the common entrance examination. I wrote it. My father refused to fill the form that takes you to secondary school because he said, as for you, you will not pass. <laughs> because the previous year, my brother had done the, the common entrance, and I think he, was, he came third or fourth in the country. My brother came around third or fourth in the country. So my father was like, he won't waste it. He won't waste my. So my, my father filled his form and chose the school for him. But me, he refused to fill my form because you, you won't pass. So why am I going to waste my time to sit down? So he didn't fill my form. My teacher, I mean, this guy was not my main teacher in class. He was just my, like my, my, he lived in the same area as me in the same school. So he took me on as like his, his boy. So he filled the form. And then he chose this school for me. When the exam uh, results came, I was the first in my school. And I think that the, the third or fourth in the, in the country. I said, ah, how did you make it? <laughs> All I was taught is that you are not clever. Then the guy said, no, you are clever. You just don't sit to concentrate. So from today, sit. Then he gave me a trick. When your mind is trying to wander, 
Just give yourself five minutes to wonder and then come back to concentrate. And that was it. Now when the results came out, I said, no, no, you can't go to this school. You can't go to, and my son will not go to this school. The, the place that my brother went to, that is where he wants me to go. But he didn't fill the form because I am not clever. You see, so what people say affects you positively or negatively. In the same way, what you say affects you positively or negatively. It's going to be a good year. 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 Then you begin to see good things happening. Because that is all you are saying. It's going to be a good year. It's going to be a good year. It's going to be a good year. Then it becomes a good year. But it's like, oh, uh, things are hard. This place is not easy. When you don't have this, you don't have this, you don't have that, you don't have this uh, education, you don't have this, you don't have that, you won't go far, you can't do this. And then it's a song that people sing, and you also come and you buy into that song. <laughs> Hallelujah. Bef I mean, some years ago, those who came the first, first on the first boat, yeah, there were certain jobs that were reserved for immigrants. And when you come, your uncle or your, your older uncle who has been here for years will tell us for this country, you don't bother with this type of school schools. We don't go far. You know that uncle with the carpet, that, those uh, muffled carpet with coffee stains and tea stains all over the place? <laughs> How many know that uncle I'm talking about? <laughs> who has been here for 45 years and hasn't done anything with their lives? They will tell you that, no, this country is hard. You see, you have to get this morning, afternoon, evening cleaning jobs. Oh, I don't have anything against cleaning jobs. It's fine to start from there. But if that becomes your destination, then there's something wrong. But you see, you come and they'll buy into it. And as soon as they buy into it and they keep saying, they keep saying you also believe it. And before long, you see that you, you have abandoned your school. Meanwhile, you are very clever in school. You had, you brought a good grades, but you've abandoned it. And then you are working in, a, what do you call it? This morning, this afternoon, this morning, this afternoon, this morning. Then you also get a flat and you put some carpet and then the water stains and oil stains. And then, then you also start singing a song when somebody else comes. That he has had, yes. <laughs> Hallelujah. You see, there, there was a thousand five hundred meters was a race that it was believed before that nobody can do that in under four minutes. You can't do thousand five hundred meters under four minutes. The one point one point five mile race. You can't do it under four minutes. And it's something that has been said over and over and over again. And people have, because of what people say, you believe it. So anytime up to the Olympic Games, there's nobody who has gone past it. They come maybe 4.1 second, uh, second four, point, uh, f 4 minutes, then 4 minutes, 10 seconds, 4 minutes, 15 seconds, 4 minutes, 20 seconds, until a guy called Rujabanista came. And then he said, no. I can run below four minutes. 
Then he started telling himself this. His coach started telling you can go below, you can go below, you can go below, you can go below. And he wrote it on, his, in the, on, on the gym thing. Three minutes, 45 seconds. So every morning he wakes up, that's what he sees. When he comes to the gym, that's what he sees. When he goes to the trap, that's what he sees. That's what he was doing. That's what he did. Guess what? He was the first man to go below four minutes in that race. And guess what? After him, now if you do four minutes, uh, three minutes, 55 seconds, you don't even qualify for Olympic Games. Yeah, since then. Now, if you do f- three minutes 55, you don't qualify for Olympic Games in 1,500. You have to go below it to even qualify to come and stand the preliminary stages. Not there. Yeah. Because people kept saying, <clears throat> people kept saying, and it became powerful. I'm saying this because sometimes we as Christians, we negate the power of God by what words that people say and the words that we also say. You see, the way to counteract words that are said is to also say something. Hallelujah. You see, David encountered Goliath. Goliath said that you are a cockroach. Am I a dog to come to me? I am going to give your, your flesh to the birds and, the, and the, the beasts of the field. Then he also said, you to come to me. I will also give your flesh to show you that there is a God. Are you understanding? So to counteract the words that are said is also to say. If you don't say, what has been said will stand. Matthew. Chapter 12, verse 35. A good man out of the good treasure of his heart brings forth good things. An evil man out of the evil treasure brings forth evil things. But I say to you that for every idle word men may speak, they will give account of it in the day of judgment. For by your words, somebody say for by your, your words, For by your words, you will be justified. And by your words, you will be condemned. Listen, he didn't say by your faith. He didn't say by your actions necessarily. He he didn't say by your thoughts. He said what? By your words. Unfortunately, it is the most part of our body that is still not saved. You see, your, your spirit man is saved. How many have, are saved? Your spirit man is saved. You believe in God. You have faith in God and everything. But one of the areas that is not saved is your tongue. Yeah. One of the places that is not saved is your tongue. That's how come you still talk down on yourself. That's why, how come you have been in church all these years, you preach and everything, but you still say negative things. Because it is part of the old man that changes with time. You see, we have been saved. We, sh- we are being saved and we shall be saved. 
Are you with me? So your spirit man is saved. Your emotion, your soul is being saved. Your flesh shall be saved. It's the last one to be saved. Are you with me? And, and see, when it comes to do, doing with your tongue, it is your emotions and your flesh. So they are the ones that are, are not saved yet. So you can be saved all, your, all you like by your tongue. That is how come people still struggle in marriages. Because when you marry, it's not your spirit. <laughs> so don't think that I've married a spiritual brother so I'm, my marriage is going to be nice. No, 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 no. I've married a spiritual sister so I'm covered. No, 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 no. You are now going to live with the emotions and the flesh. Not the spirit. That's where the problem comes. Hallelujah. And Jesus is saying that you will be condemned or justified by the things you are allowed to come out of your mouth. Amen. Because see, what comes out of your ma- mouth is what you are. It's really who you are. It is, it is just like I started by saying that out of the abundance of your heart, your mouth to speak. So you see, the, the thing that you are full of is what you say. So when you're always saying swear words or you are saying curses and everything, that is what you are full of. I know you pretend when you come to church to preach and to pray and to do all spiritual things. But the real you is how you talk. Hallelujah. See, we are commanding our year. I said we are commanding our year. And the way to command our year and turn our year from captivity to victory is to be careful what we allow out of our mouth. Amen. Decide that I will not speak anything which is not right. Proverbs 18. Are we okay? 21. Death and life are in the power of the tongue, and those who love it will eat its fruit, good or bad, to death or life. If you love life and you speak life, you eat life. If you love death and you speak death, and you eat death, you would have death. See, it doesn't matter how many fasting days you have and how many all nights you do. It doesn't really change it. You see, what we must understand, most of us as Christians, we don't understand that God cannot change his word. So sometimes we are loose with the principles and we are very strong in prayer thinking that our prayer will counteract the principle. And that is how come we live in perpetual defeat. Because your prayers will never negate the, 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 the principle. When you break the principle, you will suffer the consequences of the principle. It doesn't matter how many days fasting you have done. I'm not against prayer and fasting. Are you understand what I'm saying? But I'm trying to teach us to walk in a victorious life. Why don't you add to the fasting and prayer the principles of the word of God so that you get victory, double victory. <coughs> Hallelujah. 
rather than sabotaging your own self with your tongue. So your tongue is saying one thing, your prayer is saying another thing. As for me, I'm not pretty enough. As for me this, as for me that, as for me this, I'm fed up, I'm tired with my life. How many have said things like that? I know you won't lift up your hand, but I know you are here. Hallelujah. Yeah. And sometimes, some of us, we have friends. Anytime they get on the phone, by the time they are getting off the phone, the number of negative things you have said. Because they are saying what negative from, from that end of the phone. You are also re- replying with negativity here. And then as soon as you finish, you put, you put the phone down, you take your Bible, you are about to pray. <laughs> but your words have gone before your prayer and counteracted every prayer you are about to pray. Hallelujah. Are you understanding what I'm trying to say? Words are very powerful. See, life and death lies in the power of the tongue. And anyone, anyone who loves to speak will eat what you say. So you say negative, you eat negative. As for me, I'm fed up with this marriage. I'm fed up. I'm tired of this marriage. I'm tired of you. I'm tired. Hey. You've been dead tired of the marriage, I tell you. Hallelujah. Yeah. You indeed be tired of the marriage. So in Joel 3, 18, he says something there. Joel 3, 10, sorry. Beat your plowshares into salt and your pruning hooks into spears. Let the weak say what? I am strong. Let the weak say, I am strong. Um, this is, is not contrary to how I am feeling. How can I say I am strong when I'm weak? Listen, I'm trying to be real here. Let's be real. Let's be real. I don't feel strong. I don't feel up to it. I don't feel that things are working in my life. That is how I feel. We have have to be honest. Let me say how I feel it. This is how I feel it. Things are not working. I'm tired of this marriage. This marriage is going nowhere. That is how I feel. Pastor, listen, let's put the Bible aside and speak truthfully. Ephesians 4, 15. But speaking the truth in love may grow up in all things into him who is the head, Christ. But speaking what? The truth. What is the truth? The truth is not how you feel. The truth is what God says. The truth is not what people say. The truth is what God says about the situation. Because God is the truth. So when he says speak the truth, it's, saying, it's not saying speak what you feel. There may be a difference between the real and the truth. The reality is that the, the marriage at the minute stinks. 
That's the reality. But the truth of it is that two are better than one. And they have a just reward for their labor. The truth is that what God has put together, let no man put asunder. The truth is that two will put to fly 10,000. Are you with me? So the truth is not the same as the reality. Are you understand what I'm saying? For instance, every war has many little battles. But the reality of a battle is not the summation of the war. I don't know whether, I'm saying some deep things, so I don't know whether you are getting it. Hello? You see, for us to call it a whole war, for instance, okay, let me, if I use war, maybe you may not, not understand. Let me try football. Okay, football is divided into different segments. So if you, if, you, if you have watched football before, you see that almost every 10, 15 minutes, one team may be up, doing well. You think that this team is about to win, this team is about to win. Then as the, team, as the match goes on, as the, as the match goes on, another team, the, the opposing team will come up. The opposing team will come up and, and, and they will start doing well. But, but it doesn't, the fact that they are playing the first half and they played the one team of the pack doesn't mean they've won the game. Because it could be the 90, 98th or 99th minute. Somebody will just score and then it would negate all that they did throughout the first 70 or 80 minutes. Because these guys, Money to win. So when we say, what was the scores? We don't want to know that in the 20th minute, this were in the, in the 15th minute, this one was there. In the, no, no, no. We don't want to know that. What was the end of the, the game? The final result is 2-1. That's all. But we had the highest possession, the highest statistics, the highest shot, the highest corners. Who cares about that? Number of shots on target. We have, no, 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 we don't care about all that. At the end of the day, the game was lost. Hallelujah. Yeah. In the same way, in the same way, in the same way, the year is divided into different little battles. Different little battles. Different little battles. And each battle, when you finish, you put all the battles together. And then we, we say the summation of the battle is the war. And the war was either won or lost. Hallelujah. So let not your little battle be equated to the war. Uh, are you with me? The little challenge you're going through now is only a little challenge. After two weeks, you forget this challenge. Are you with me? After a few weeks, this challenge will be over. You go to the next, next challenge. So don't allow some of us. It's like our, the, the challenge becomes the total summation of our lives. You've been married for 14 years. If they ask you, how is my, you don't know. <laughs> Marriage? <laughs> People don't say the truth. People don't say the truth. People don't say the truth. I, I, the way I cry every night. I cry. Really? Have you cried every night for, for 14 years? 
Are you really sure that you've cried that many years? Baby, if you really honestly collate it, it doesn't come to one year. It, the, the hardship and the problems, and it doesn't come to one year. But you would have left the 13 good years. And you are concentrating, you're, you are summing up the whole marriage to one year that you had difficulty. Or one little, little uh, battles that come to one year. Hallelujah. You don't like what I'm saying. Write this down, write this down. Watch your thoughts. They become your words. Watch your words. They become your actions. Watch your actions. They become your habits. I'll repeat it, don't worry. Watch your habits. They become your character. Watch your character because it becomes your destiny. Let me say it again. Watch your thoughts. Your thoughts become your words. Watch your words. They become your actions. So your thoughts become your words. Your words become your actions. And your actions become your habit. And your habits become your character. And your character becomes your destiny. Do you want me to say it again? Your thoughts becomes your words. Your words become your actions. Your actions become your habits. Your habits become your character. And your character becomes your destiny. I thought God has to be inserted somewhere in this equation. Listen, sometimes our thoughts are geared by what people have said. People we regard in authority, people we look up to, they say something and then it forms a thought. Remember Romans 12, 2 says that transformed by the renewing of your mind. So transformation will come by your changing of mind. Because your changing of mind will change what you say. And your changing of what you say will change your actions. And your change of actions will change your habits. And the change of your habits will change your character. And the change of your character will change your destiny. So you go from losing to winning. Because you change your thinking, you change what you say, you change what you do, you change your habits you change your destiny. Hallelujah. Because see, when the word says in Romans 10, 17, uh, faith comes by hearing 
and hearing by the word of God. You didn't say that faith comes by hearing that has been said by somebody. Any hearing. What you are saying, you're also hearing it. <laughs> and you, get, you gain faith in that thing that you are, you are saying. Proverbs 10. Verse 11. The mouth of the righteous is a well of life, but violence cover the mouth of the wicked. Hello? He says the mouth of the righteous, when the, the word righteous, the mouth that speaks right things. Because it's assumed that the righteous person speaks right things. Are you with me? I'm not making that assumption because I think that sometimes the righteous speaks wrong things. Are you with me? So I'm not making that assumption at all that the, the righteous always speaks right things. I'm just, the, the scripture I say that the mouth of, the mouth that speaks right things is a well of life. That means that it makes things grow. It makes things work. It brings things alive. But, the, but violence covers the mouth of the wicked. It's because wicked people speak wicked things. Hallelujah. I'm saying that for those of us who are parents, from today, change what you say about your children. Don't let the battle become the war. At the minute, you're having a challenge with a child, but it's not the total summation of his life. And the child that you think was dumb is the one that will go further. Yeah. I have more degrees than the brother who was clever in school. He didn't go past O-level, this brother of mine. Yeah. I have more degrees than he has. But from class one through to form three, there was no prize that he didn't collect. Hallelujah. Yeah, he was in Pastor Gloria's school. James chapter 3, verse 11. Are we learning something? Listen, I know we pray. I know we are Christians and everything, but the tongue is not Christian. Are you, are you with me? The tongue is not Christian at all. Your flesh is not Christian. They don't really know the word. You have to practice it. You have to practice speaking it. You have to practice speaking it so that the tongue gets used to speaking goodly things. Are you with me? Don't default. Don't go into your default mode. Most of us, our default mode is not good. How many know what I'm talking about? Your default mode, your default, you know, the, the real you, the natural you, when it, you, you, yourself come like this, it's not, it's not good. Because the things you say is not good. Uh, are you with me? So teach your tongue. Teach your tongue to speak good things. Does a spring send forth fresh water and bitter water from the same opening? Can a fig tree, my brethren, bear olives or a grapevine bear figs? Does no spring yields both salt water 
and fresh water. But you see, most of us as Christians, our tongue yields salt water and fresh water at the same time, all the time. How many know what I'm talking about? How many understand what I'm saying? I think I'm preaching better than your amen, you know. Oh, I am in your room, so you can't, you can't manifest. Hello? Am I in your bedroom now? Yeah, yeah, yeah. The same tongue that is commanding Satan and is preaching and binding and losing the same tongue. It is like salt water and fresh water is coming out of the same mouth. But is it possible? Is it possible to allow your mouth to speak salty things and fresh things at the same time? Hallelujah. So, there are some things when it comes to your mind, don't say it. Are you with me? Yeah, there are some things, especially when you are angry. You are angry with your... You see, your, your wife is the only person who can scratch you in a place that will bring <laughs> that thing. Nobody else can scratch you that way. <laughs> Uh, yeah, she, she's the only one who can bring it out. But before you open your mouth to say, remember what I'm saying. That from today, this mouth only brings fresh water, not salt water. Your husband is the only person who can pinch you in a way that this message will go out of your head now, 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 now. The powerful message. How do you understand what I'm trying to say? Right now, and you start saying things that like, as soon as you finish, you saying, like, Ash. Then you say, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. No, 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 don't say something after you say, I'm sorry, because it, it words cannot be cut back. I, I'm, am I, am I, you see, you when you when you pronounce a curse and you go to go and catch the curse. It is not always the case that you can catch it because a, a spirit would have taken that word you spoke. A demon who is already looking for a, a work, a job to do, that case, you have given him a job. So he's already taking it. So you can say, I'm sorry, but the demon has already carried the word to go and operate, operate it. Hallelujah. So don't say it. I said, don't say it. The well cannot be sweet and bitter at the same time. That is the reason why most of the time our prayers that when we especially when we try to command demons, they don't go. You're preaching. Ah, because it's like this mouth. This mouth. Which one? Which one are you? You are commanding me. You, you are commanding me today. That I should, I should go where? You. I command in the name of Jesus. I command, ah! Let us give you, then immediately the demon says, okay, okay, you know what? Let's go behind this pole. For, he, says, he says he has commanded us, okay, let's go. Then they will go here. They will, they will, they will, just two seconds later, they will, they, will, they, will, they, will bring, they will bring somebody to come and provoke you. They bring one demon. You know, there are some demons who just do. And that's, those things can irritate. Somebody will just, and you can't see the person. 
They said, the demon will come from behind that one who came to provoke you. Yeah. You say you are commanding me. Are you serious? Hallelujah. Amen. So if you want your prayers to be powerful, learn to control your tongue. That is where you, your prayers become powerful. There's a scripture in the Bible. I don't know whether you've seen it. He says that when he was reviled, he reviled not. Have you seen that scripture before? Talking about Jesus, when he was being insulted and provoked, he never said the same thing back. Because, you know why? Because if his words should be what we live by to save us, then he cannot allow the same words to revile people. Because that weakens the strength of his words. Are you with me? Gossip weakens the strength of your words. Evil speaking about people lowers the power of your prayer. You know, complaining and murmuring, they lower your strength and your power. See, so the weak, you see, you, 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 we, we, we bring weaknesses into our own power, our own spiritual power, when we allow loose talk, loose talk, loose talk, loose talk. And you see, this thing that you have been provoked, that you are saying, as soon as you finish saying it, then you see, he's like, why did I even say that? Yeah. Hallelujah. Oh, I say hallelujah. Amen. Are you learning something? Yeah. Luke 6 45. A good man out of his good treasures of his heart brings forth good. An evil man out of the evil treasures of his heart brings forth evil. For out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. Listen. I know we are good people. Let our mouth and our heart be full of good thoughts so that anything that comes out of our mouth will be good. Are you with me? So Philippians 4, 8 says, what sort of things are pure? What sort of things are lovely? What sort of things are true and of a good report? What sort of things are honest? If there be any virtue, Think on these things. Because when you think on them, you speak them. And when you speak them, they become you. And you eat of it. Hallelujah. Why are you thinking about bad things happening to you this year? Why are you thinking that this year was going to be a difficult year for you? Why are you thinking that things won't go well this year for you? Give me one reason why you think these things won't go well this year for you. I know things have gone bad previous years, but why do you think this year in particular things won't go well? Can you convince me with one statement that this is the reason why I know things won't work? But what if they work? I say, what if they work? What if this year becomes the best year of your life? Uh, uh, what if? 
I said, what if? Why are we allowing thoughts to control us? As if we are not believers of the word of God. Hallelujah. John 14, 6, it says, I am the way, the truth, isn't it? And the light. No one comes to the Father except by me. Which means that the truth is Jesus. In John chapter 1, verse 1, it says, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was God, and the Word was what? God. So if he says, I am the way, I am the truth, it means that the Word is the truth. The Word with Jesus, I am, is the truth. The word was God. The word became flesh and dwelt among us. And we beheld him as the only begotten. The word was God. And he lived amongst us. So the truth is the word. What does the word of God say about this situation? That is the truth. Not what you are feeling. Are you with me? Not what you are feeling. What you are feeling is just a little battle. It's only a temporary, it's not the end of the football game. It's only the first half. It's only the first 15 minutes. Yesterday, Arsenal was playing uh, Chelsea. The first 10 minutes, 10, 15 minutes, there was a, a, a penalty and a red card against Arsenal. Immediately, I was watching the game. Immediately, I said, ah, Asna. Then I put the, the TV off. Then immediately I went to preaching. I went to, to watch preaching because it's like, it's a waste of my emotions. You see, there are certain things when you are supporting, you have to try and take your emotion out. Otherwise, you can get high blood pressure. So, <laughs> so as soon as I saw, listen, First 10 minutes, first 10 minutes, penalty and a red card. So we are going to play the rest of the 80 minutes with 10 against 11. Even the 11 against 11 were struggling. <laughs> now it's going to be 10 against 11. And not only 10 against 11, now it's one goal down. One man down. And the man who is down is our best defender. So what hope do we have? So me, knowing my team, and knowing that this one is a foolish case, I put the TV off. And then I decided to be more spiritual. So I was being more spiritual, watching the... Then somebody sent me a text. Oh, wow, are you watching the game? When I put the TV back on, wait, one, one. I was like, wow. Then I was like, I saw the first... Part of the second half, I realized, no, this is the way the people are attacking, we are not going to win. So I went back to spiritual. <laughs> so I was being spiritual until somebody said, sent me a text. Oh, somebody sent on our, uh, what do you call it, WhatsApp, we have group, oh, us now. So when I said, oh, when I, saw, oh I, said, I didn't go to the TV. I just went and put a BBC football. There's a oh, 89th minute or something. 89th minute, 2-1. Two, two, 
against Arsenal. Which means that they had kept, the 10 men had done so well until 89 minutes. Immediately I got up and I left the, 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 the place. In fact, I, I, went, I went out. I went to walk outside. Then I came back. Then when I came back, somebody says, Who oh, was now? Who oh, was now? They attend a tutu. Now I wanted to I wanted to rewind the TV to get from beginning to end to see how they were able to with 10 against 11 from 10th minute. I see I I I I I, I summarized the, the, the war too early. Only the first 10 minutes I said oh it's the, the war is over. No, it's just one little battle. That is not the war. Are you understanding what I'm saying? Yeah, but we see, you're laughing at me, but most of us, we do that. One little thing that happens, like, oh, you switch the TV off, it's like, this is not going to work. <laughs> Hallelujah. Am I talking to somebody? I don't know whether I have time. My time is up. I wanted to go to command. Command is not the same as Speak. Are you with me? Command is different from speaking. Because command is speaking with a certain level of faith, a certain level of power, and a certain level of authority. Hallelujah. Oh, okay, okay. Can I give you two minutes, three minutes, if you have a question to ask quickly about what you said, about what we've talked about? So, um, just a quick one. So, if somebody like somebody said something bad, as in like you stood there and somebody said something bad to, let's say, your child, mm. and you kind of said, "No, this is not it. He's going to be that. He's going to be that." Is it going to still take effect? Because I know that sometimes it's no, around. No, you you counteract like David did when the Philip Goliath said. He also said. Uh, so you superimpose your yours over what they are saying, because yours carry more weight because you are the mother of the child. Are you with me? Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Just make sure you don't say anything negative yeah, about you it. You know, back, um, most of the you know when they are school and all that, some of the teachers are a bit funny. They are the they are the worst. They and are they, the worst. Because like when he come when he comes home and we're doing homework, he goes, "Mommy, I can't do it. I can't do it. I, I can't." And I'm, I'm trying to tell him, you can do it, you know. But he has that confidence to do it. But when he goes to school, then it's like, and when he comes back home, it's like... So you have to, you have to try and instill in him that what the teacher says is not what God says. What you say, you should listen to what you say. Do you understand? Because teachers have, they, they come to school with a preconceived notion that by virtue of your color, your race, and everything, you can't do certain things. Even though they don't say it. It's in the back of their mind. I, I, so yeah. when a child who is a different race, same age, is doing the, exactly what he's doing, they say, oh, you are doing well, you are well done, well done. But when you say, you can't do it, you can't do it, you can't do it. So you have to go behind. Listen, parents, let's be interested in our children's life. One of the things that, I mean, all the years that my children were in the secondary school, I, I 
my, my wife and I always used to talk about this, especially black children, black parents. They never go for PTA meetings. They never, it's like you're working, you're working for who? Who are you working for? It's not the children. Be interested in their lives. Go because the teachers are putting negative things into the minds of the children. And you are sitting at home waiting for the children to come and tell you how was your day. No, be interested in the, their day from there. I mean, we go for PTA meetings. We are the only black parents there. Meanwhile, about 30 or 30% or 40% of the children in the school are black. None of the parents will come. You can ask you. From first year till they finished. Yeah, because 20 pounds per hour is more important than the life of the children. No, 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 no. If my wife can't go, I'll go. If I can't go, my wife, we never ever miss between the two of us. But most of the time, they, they, they were more afraid because they knew definitely there would be questions from us. Yeah. Are you with me? Yeah, I mean, it's just a, sometimes it's like Wednesday, around this time, they're doing PTA meeting. So I'll come to preach and I'll let her go. So it's church, so she shouldn't go. No, go. Are you understanding one? Because you all these parents, all these teachers engage in what the teachers are saying. You know, as soon as they entered, because they came from South Africa. We came first year, they came from South Africa to here, to um, Leeds. When they got here, they put them in the, is it, this is the steps. Step one, step two, step three, step four. And so the, the, dense, the denser you are, the higher your step. Yeah, so if you, are, if you are clever, you are in step one. If you are Step two, step three, step four. Step eight, there's no hope. <laughs> yeah, so if you go to the school, you realize that all the step, if it's step four, that's where all the black kids are. Step three, step four, that's where all the black kids are. And none of the parents will even bother. As soon as we got there, we went there, sir. Why have you put my children in four? So, because they came from Africa. So what are you talking about? This is one of the cleverest children, he, he, wherever he's been. He, he put him the, the next day. The next day, he went to step one, from step four straight to step one. Yeah. Because otherwise, he would have, because they said four, the mathematics they do is different. The English they do is different. The science they do is different. No, they do a certain, so that exam, you can't get more than C. No, so it's like, uh, the highest you can get is C. So the mass, it means that the mass, if they are doing, uh, what do you call it, like uh, 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 quadratics, you you, you do algebra, simple algebra. Simple, because you you are not clever enough. That's the assumption, so they put you in step four. That's the country we live in. So if you are not interested in your children's education, they'll put them in self four. And it starts from primary school, uh, nursery. That's where it starts. So you speak to the children. My child is not daft. Do you know the prices he was winning in South Africa and everything that you've come to put him in? in uh, put him there before I do something very bad to you. Yeah, and, and Pastor Gladys became a governor in the school. Forced to be a part of the governing board. 
ask questions to the head teacher. So they were afraid of her. Yeah. I used to be, what, 10, 20 pounds an hour is not as important as your, your children's life. Anybody else, any question? You are going to ask a question. Our upbringing and yes. so my question is how do we undo that the way to undo it is what what are we are talking about okay. first of all know that this is where I've, I've come from this is my upbringing I've been boxed to think that some things are beyond me and consciously tell yourself that there's nothing too difficult for me I can do any, everything through Christ who strengthens me. I will not accept defeat. I will not accept failure. Are you with me? And believe it and live it and speak it. Yeah. Until it becomes you. Uh, because as you change your, your, your words, yeah. your words becomes your action. And your action becomes your habit. That becomes your character. Hallelujah. Next person. Anybody else? Any other question? Are we okay? Yeah. Pamela wants, uh, Panya wants to ask a question. Ask. Stand up and ask the question. I'm interested in your question. You are trying to let your father ask the question for you. But you can ask it yourself. So go on. Is it bad um, if you're saying something negative to somebody, but it's true? <laughs> give, give an example of what you're saying. Like if someone had a low IQ and then you said, oh, you have a low IQ. Yeah. That, see, but I said that the, the, the current is not necessarily the truth. So it is not the truth. Do you understand? Maybe currently he seems to have low IQ. Are you with me? Because like somebody said, currently I have a low IQ. But it wasn't that I, didn't, I had a low IQ. All it was is that I was not serious. I needed somebody to say to me that, listen, concentrate a little bit more. Because you are very, very clever, very intelligent. That's all I needed. Yes, Cassandra has a question. Okay, my question is, okay, you, you, just like in James chapter 3, um, verses 11 to 12, I believe, for the bad words. Mm -hmm. If someone's provoking, like someone's pissing you off, mm -hmm. what, there's no polite way to, you know, like answer back. Like, even though you, you try not to say any bad words, but that's the first thing you learn in a way. So even if you try to use positive words to hurt the person's feelings, just the way the person hurts your feelings, there's no easy way to, you know, curse that person out. T.D. Jake said something. He said that because I don't curse, I have a lot of vocabulary. Okay. So I can, I can make you feel exactly how I feel see, without having to use vulgar words. And you get the message. In, in, in a Haitian culture... Um, sometimes, just like you said, your parents can actually be the one who downfall you and everything. When a Haitian is attacking you, especially your parents or a friend, 
you don't, there's no polite way to even tell them, you know. So just walk away. Just leave the situation. Just leave the situation. You don't have to, you don't have to also get down to the mat with them. Are you with me? No. Because understand that your words are very powerful. The words that you speak, they are more permanent and more powerful than what they are saying. So if they say you will never amount to anything, you amount to something. Are you with me? But when you say they will never amount to, yours carries a lot of power. So be careful how you use the power you have. What if you say, you know, the positive, you know, words, but in your head it's not positive? <laughs> so you don't even believe what you're saying. And you're saying, yeah, yeah I believe, I believe, but even so you know, Somebody you said, know. let me answer the question. Somebody said that you cannot stop all birds from flying over your head. But to allow a bird to land on your head and make a nest in your head and stay there, that's a problem you have. Are you with me? So evil thoughts are allowed to pass through your mind now and again. It's like a bird flying over your head. So long as it doesn't make its home on your head, you are all right. Are you with me? So thoughts can come. So long as you are not, it doesn't become your mindset, you're all right. 